Welcome to Frame of Reference, informed, intelligent conversations about the issues and challenges facing everyone in today's world. In-depth interviews with Sauk County's leaders and professionals to help you expand and inform your Frame of Reference. Brought to you by the Max FM Digital Network. Now here's your host, Raul Labresh. I haven't said anything about this until now, but this is the last show of season two. We've been going solid since March of this year, and I've realized it's time for yours truly to go on hiatus. I need to recharge my batteries, and more importantly, spend some time pre-recording some episodes with more great guests that will help us all change our frames of reference. But before I go, I wanted to leave you with one last episode that was recorded back in June of this year. Remember the episodes I did with Chris Bernardo at The Wand Company? Well, Chris and I actually did a pre-show test before that show's recording. Given that we were going to be talking between America and the UK, I thought it would be a good idea to make sure the whole thing was going to work. Well, Chris and I turned what was supposed to be a couple-minute test into a 20-plus-minute discussion that proved to me we were going to be recording a great episode later that day. As we say it in America, we hit it off right from the start. It was smashing. Got to use a British colloquialism in there too. Anyway, I've wanted to share this content because to me, it typifies what my podcast is all about, having intelligent conversations about subjects that matter. Chris and I jumped into that mode with full force. We did the equivalent of a cannonball dive into the pool of ideas. I had to get pseudo pithy comment in there. It was fun. It tells you more about each of us because because we were candid and transparent with each other, which makes for sparkling conversation. So here we go with my preview conversation with Chris Bernardo, founder and CEO of The Wand Company, the premier prop replica company for shows like Star Trek, Harry Potter, Doctor Who, and more. We'll be right back after this commercial break with that interview. Here's something important you need to know about McFarland's at 780 Carolina Street in Sauk City. From our power equipment, farm, parts, and service departments, we're always rolling. From our biggest farm equipment to your home tractor, we'll take good care of you from sales to service, no matter what the size. McFarland's, one block south of Highway 12 at 780 Carolina Street, where service is a family tradition. How are you, sir? Very good, thank you very much indeed. Well, um, is it all right if I start talking in, in a, some sort of a bastardized British accent at some point? Will you take that as a good chap or will you get upset? I'll not get upset. <laughs> I'll do my best not to talk in a lousy um, American accent. <laughs> I'm sure even uh, at your worst days, you wouldn't talk in a lousy uh, accent. That would be, uh, I would, do want to warn you, though, I, my wife tells me more and more that I'm getting so hard of hearing that uh, my, my most common response to anything she says is, what? 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 So. What? You see, what you should say when they say when people say what is you should say yeah he invented the light and the steam engine and then hopefully I had this thing with my kids they used to go like it was like red and I say what orange like red only with more yellow and then every time they said a like thing I would try and think of something on the spur of the moment that was like that but not quite the same and anyway after yeah. about two weeks of that it completely cured them of saying like. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was, uh, as a young man in uh, what we call, uh, I think, I don't know if you, you have the separation, but we had junior high school and high school, so yeah. the middle school ages. Yeah. Uh, when I was in middle school, I used the word man all the time. You know, this was early <laughs> 70s. So I'd be like, oh, man, what's going on, man? Oh, man, that's so hard, man. I don't know, man. And one of my actual friends uh, got so upset with me, he formed the Raul Brush Hate Club, and that was was kind of the the turning point for me realizing okay if I'm using the word man so much that someone wants to form a club against me as a result of it perhaps I should consider a change yeah did you change it to Dude, or dude, or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not a big fan of dude. Uh, I, I tend to use dude as one of those words when I want to make a point about, you know, this is really silly. This is stupid, dude. I see. So, but uh, so you are well. You're you're all set. Yeah, yeah, we're all set. We're well. I've had both injections. Uh, what else uh, can I say? Um, it was beautiful, sunny weather here, which is quite unusual. Very hot, and uh, it's a bit rainy and stormy last night and so it's quite close now but uh, i think despite the fact obviously global warming is a massive disaster for everybody uh there'll be a few years before the uh north atlantic drift turns off whilst the uk has balmy summers after that we'll just be plunged into some kind of ice age so uh, it is a terrifying terrifying prospect that unfortunately too many people don't take seriously Oh, um, no, there's, but there's there's lots of things in the world people don't take seriously. So, yeah. but that is a, that is a global thing that I don't think anything anyone could have really understood this pandemic in the way it's planned panned out because clearly it's it's quite a shock to people to have had something that's taken away so many freedoms. Yeah, yeah, and to have uh, had the sort of emotional reactions that we've had in the states. I, I don't know if the UK has been quite the same, but we've had almost diametrically opposed reactions and as people either believed that it was a serious problem problem or just denied the fact that it was it just made the rift form deeper and deeper and then they became politicized and you know if you were a republican you thought it was a a big hoax if you were a democrat you thought you know oh my god are these republicans brain dead or what's going on you know so Uh, well, I think the global warming thing is, I, I mean, it's its up there in the pantheon of religion and politics that sort of like uh, separates people. Yeah. But yeah. there is a certain element of, I think, um, looking the other way. Hopefully, that hopefully God's looking the other way. Hopefully, <laughs> uh, you know, common sense is sneaking out through the back door. And because I think these things are serious. Yeah. I think everyone's hoping that there'll be some technological answer to it. And also from years of governments lying to us generally about things that didn't suit them to be truthful about, you might think that they're uh, doing it in a way to, what's the word, uh, I guess, to sort of feather to some feather some objective that we don't know what they're doing. Right. So I, I do get this when I feel that the, um, the, the, the chit-chat between Putin and Biden, and I wonder what goes on and whether they say, look, we need a certain amount of unrest because we've got huge military budgets. We like to keep everything on the level. So I want to make sure that, that everything stays in a kind of quasi-tension uh, state so that we can basically milk it. I mean, they've got a lot to gain from that. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't really understand what Russia would have to gain by invading the UK. 
or, or bombing the US. I just can't see it myself. I don't see why that would that would make anybody's life better. Well, I'm sure they've heard how good the fish and chips are. I mean, wouldn't that be oh, a yeah. worth conquest? I, you know, there certainly yeah, have been yeah. sillier things that we fought wars over. You know, over the yeah, period of like, human like history. tea boxes. <laughs> <laughs> just yes, like, yes. Uh, wasn't there something in Boston that happened yeah, over those? I don't know. I, maybe I can't even trust history anymore. That's uh, part of the problem. So, all right. Well, I don't think we're going to have any problem chit-chatting as the, as my my indicators here show. So, uh, do you have any questions about the the format? I know you said you had read through things and that it looked I've like had a look uh, at the list. That, I've had a look at the list. Um, I'll print that out later. I wrote a little. I, I off off the hip. I wrote answers to the questions because okay. I just thought. That uh, sometimes when you're presented with a lot of questions, like, hey, what's your favorite colleague? Um, yeah. Um, you, sound a, you sound a bit dopey. Um, <laughs> and then, or what's your favorite book? And then afterwards, you think, my father used to call it La Sprida Scalier, which is when you're walking down the stairs from the meeting, you have all these thoughts that you could have said, these witty lines that you could have used. And he called it the spirit of the stairs, La Sprida Scalier. It's a, huh. I guess, yeah, a French, French saying. Yeah, La Sprida Scalier. Um, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, the spirit of the stairs, which right. means is like, as you say, you know, the things you could have said when someone right. said something. Oh, I could have been so witty if I just said that. Right. So I, right. I had a quick look through. Um, normally, what I do when I present is I would do some kind of presentation. I mean, I won't do it now, but I would do a presentation. I would actually write it, and then I would get rid of all the text and just leave the pictures in it, the PowerPoint presentation or whatever. All right. And then when I, and then I would not take my notes because once I've read it, I don't need the notes anymore because it's in my head what I'm thinking. And it's more natural if you just say off the top of the head, what you, what you're thinking. Of course. And if you do a sort of PowerPoint presentation, it's just pictures. Then you don't get that horrible gormless thing where the, the uh, audience just reading the slides as you're reading them out. And you're like, you know, like, yeah, it's just horrible. I've noticed so, that with see, Ted. Yeah, Ted does the same. Some of the presenters use that same technique that you're talking about, and it's always so much. I think more engaging because the pictures are enough to typify what the speaker is talking about and to draw you in. But they're not, as you said, bullet points that you just. Yeah, you know. and there's a thing about that. A, a boss of mine, I used to be in advertising years and years ago, and he said, um, "If you have a picture of a child." with a begging bowl, an African, a Biafran with a begging bowl. And it says, this child hasn't eaten for two weeks. He doesn't, or well, the worst one would be, this child is is a begging bowl and a child. That doesn't tell you anything that's, that's not already in the picture. If you say they haven't eaten for two weeks, it's kind of adding a little bit to it. If you then put the headline underneath, it says something like, uh, 1% of the world uh, has 90% of the money in the world, for example. That is saying two completely different things, and the net result is that you it, that picture is imprinted in your mind with the concept that it's about unfairness and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think when people show pictures or when they have marketing communications and they basically state the obvious, and then it doesn't do as much. So I think in presentations and things, if you can challenge people to think, then they really start to engage with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's what I hope people will do <laughs> as we're talking. That you know that we'll we'll uh, we'll be able to off the cuff to some extent talk about things that are 
you know, meaningful both to trekkers and trekkies. But I, I, I think Close. that's the thing I've appreciated the most about Star Trek is that it gives us the hope that we'll get past global warming and World War Three and whatever else you know we might uh, fall into or blunder into. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the series. Um, I believe it's called Dark Mirror. Um, the uh, Black, Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Thank you. Um, and there, yes. have you watched that show? Char- Charlie Brooker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, and I, and I love his concept of you know, fifteen minutes in the future if we're clumsy enough. You know, it's just. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of dystopian views, and I mean, I'm a great. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm the world's greatest sci-fi fan because I know that there are people out there who who I interact with on a regular basis who seem to be. They do nothing else except study the last nuances of these things. Sure. But I have written in the past, I, I was fan enough to write a, a Voyager episode and submit it to to uh, see Paramount, see if I could get it. Really? Get it. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Really. Wonderful. So I love the whole thing. And I've read quite a bit of science fiction, the stuff that I like. Uh, in fact, you asked me what's one of my favorite books, and I would guess Illustrated Man by Ray Bradbury is probably, probably the book that sort of – change i we used to go to this we have this house we used to go and stay in it's made of two train carriages and the person that lived there before us um who owned it had left a bookcase with a whole bunch of books in it all sort of thumbed thumbed and sort of like dog-eared and sort of like creased up and it had in it a few ray bradbury books some somerset morn some he bates some sort of writers and i mean some grown-up stuff and you know and as a kid going there i just we had no television there so i used to just spend my holidays going through the the books one by one reading them all and that's when i discovered science fiction interesting um yeah. interesting oh all right oh i can already tell we're the time will fly by so uh well i appreciate you taking time out earlier in the day so the time still works fine for you i, I think it's around seven yeah, o'clock yeah. your time we'll, we'll start talking Absolutely. okay and so do you, are you planning to edit what we're going to talk about? You know, I'll, I'll leave that somewhat up to you. If there's something that we end up saying that you, you don't want in, I can certainly go back and find it. I'm, I, you know, I have no desire to make this any kind of a, uh, opportunity to, I don't know what people think sometimes with a, Oh, I got this sound bite. Um, I want it to be as natural an interview as okay, it can be cool. in a chat. Um, but it, honestly, if there are things that you, it just in looking at the the questions, are there things you'd like me to make sure I kind of steer away, or you no, know, no, 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 you no. Know. I, I I thought the questions were very good. I mean, okay. I I generally, as you can tell, I don't have a problem talking to people. So that's a good thing. And I, yeah. and I I don't genuinely have a problem. I mean, I say I I looked at the list and I wrote some things. It's not that I have a problem collecting my thoughts quickly. It's just that I would like to say something. Maybe I I do tend to go on a bit, so I'd like to say something in a most more succinct way of course um, and so being a bit prepared was was probably a good thing to be well, fair. well you and i are ramblers i can tell but uh and that that's a good thing i think in this format in particular so um i i wish we were closer i it, it it strikes me that it would be nice to have more conversations but uh it's hard to find people that you can talk with these days i don't know if you're finding that to oh, be the totally case yeah. I totally get that. And and I I do enjoy the interaction with fans about the product. So you'll you'll see from our um for from the very I'm done, to be fair, I don't want this recorded, but I do go on the forums and have a look. But I but I decided that the forums were the the place where fans could 
blast off about things and talk about stuff. So whilst I look at them and I basically take on board what they're saying, mm-hmm. um, if they write to me directly or they write to, to our particular uh, blog and they leave a note on it, then I will quite often reply to it. Um, I've always found that because if you, if you think about what you're doing carefully and you do something for the right reasons, then if somebody else wants to troll you and kick off, there's always a reason that you can go back to and say, yeah, well, you've got a point of view and I completely accept it. But on the other hand, have you thought this is why we're doing this? And lots right. of people, they have no real idea of how much effort a thing takes. And that's not to be a whinger. I'm saying that when I first went to my first design company, and I was a studio junior, and we're talking about 40 years ago now, okay. um, I was shocked and, and flabbergasted to find out somebody had typeset the phone book. Hmm. Not just one, mm-hmm. but multiple phone books mm-hmm. all over the world. And not just typeset them on a computer in these days, right. but in the old days, actually used cold lead to lay them out. Right. Any right. single mistake or getting them all in alphabetical order, I mean, it's a mind-boggling task. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you get a phone book and you thumb through it. And you just I had somehow always thought it just existed somehow. It was almost like <laughs> phone books grew on trees or something. Yes, and this really, popped out of someone's arse one day. Yeah, so. <laughs> it didn't give a sort of consideration of how it might be actually done. And I think with modern technology is so complicated and so in so many ways so capable you think i'll just load a jpeg i'll just play a video i'll just play a sound i'll just do this yeah. i'll just probably just is one of the i would say it's probably the meanest word in the english language is just yeah um it covers so many things that involve a lifetime of work of so many people just do x there's right. a team of maybe a thousand people doing just that to right. try and make it work for you. Right. And in a company like us where there's only eight people and we have a small team and there's one person responsible for writing the code, including an operating system for a display and various things, there's no just about anything. Right. It's it's two or three years work of somebody's life right. to, to right. get that thing to work. And they're personally so, invested in it so deeply that if something is wrong with it or someone points out some little detail that, oh, you missed this, it yeah. feels like, you know, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know, you just feel so, I think, disrespected at one at one level, but also so unappreciated for, well, think, yeah, uh, you know. And well, Richard, is, Richard, my business partner, is the watchword for saying we mustn't come across as defensive offensive um and yeah when you get hundreds of good comments even thousands and then you get one or two really sort of like cut through to the quick right but one when i was doing the pit boy um i i worked for nine months and i worked i i got up at eight five in the morning and i went to bed about midnight i had no weekends because it, it needed nine months to do an 18 month project that i was doing it on my own pretty much oh i traveled for 72 days backwards and forwards from america to the u.s uh from sorry from america to china and back and when I did it, I put the manual together, I designed it, illustrated it, wrote it, whatever. Somebody wrote, oh, who did the manual? They must have been really lazy. <laughs> and I wanted, I thought, give me five minutes for that guy. Just, just let me take him through one of my days for the last nine months. Where all my hair fell out, in fact. I was uh-huh. so, so stressed. But I think it's people, and then you have to think, well, they don't know. They don't know how whether right. it's a team of 50 people doing it. And right. They have no idea. Right. 
Um, Ignorance is such a bully, though. That's the the problem with it, right? You know, we without knowing anything, we stumble into these, you know, just obnoxious comments to folks. And then, you know, uh, some people learn from it and say, oh, my God, why did I say that? I'm so sorry because we see the emotional impact of it. And other people are like, well, deal with it. You know, I mean, life life doesn't owe you anything, right? To be fair, I don't. In the end, we sold a fair number of them. I don't really care. I just think that <laughs> there you go, being I pragmatic. Just, so. I, tell you, I, I think that it's more a question that, for my own self, having done the customer care thing, and which Charlotte does now, and having done it before Charlotte started working for me, um, I realised that you get so much more when you want something if you're nice to the person at the other end and you consider their point of view. I think that's one of the things you asked. Um, So this is the big thing segment. Where do you get, I'll share your perspective. I think be ready to negotiate and um, try to understand the other person's point of view, because if it, it, well, the sad news recently, Edward de Bono died. Uh, the great, I don't know if you know him, the great thinker. Oh, Edward de Bono. Okay. Lateral thinker. He's just, it was about 90 or something. he, just just check him out he came up with the most he came up with the term lateral thinking for a start thinking outside the box but it's about negotiation is about thinking about the other person's point of view and trying to help them see your point of view all right so i think that um when i hear what someone says then i try to think what is their point of view and how can I change it? Well, anyway, let's have a big chat about this. Yeah, later. yeah, yeah. That's good. Because I, I, uh, I, I can relate to that as a theater director. So we, we can chat some more about that. And I will. I, between now and then, I will look up some things on Edward de Bono because it Edward lateral thinking. It, I've heard of lateral thinking. So I guess I'm not putting that together. But well, uh, he, he, he asked children questions about how would you get a cat and a dog to be friendly? Huh. And he used the answers and realized that the answers, which kids gave loads, were all the strategies for bringing two warring nations to the same table to negotiate. And oh, it was wow. really clever that oh my you know, they just feed, feed them both so that they're not they, they're both full up and they're not, um, you know, they're not angry with each other. Put them in cages near each other so they can see each other, see each other so they can get friendly and all the things that kids came up with. He did another question, which was, how do you get an elephant to stand on a weighing scales? And it's, it's these simple <laughs> things he asked children. And then he just applied those things to real life and said, these are strategies that we use in real life to get someone to do something or to get two people to, to negotiate right. or two countries that have been warring for years to understand each other's point of view. Oh, and they're, right. they're amazing. But it, there's more than that. I mean, the whole thing of lateral thinking, it should be taught in schools and it's not. But well, anyway. we will have school this evening then. That will be fine. Okay. So anyways, thanks so much for your time. I'll, I look forward with incredible excitement for this evening. I All think right. it'll be just so, a wonderful I'm chat. So eat well. Okay, eat well, and we're, we've, we're in our cages, so we don't have to worry. We'll be fine. Okay. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. There's never been a better time to support small businesses and save big with Max FM Big Deals. Discount certificates from the Max FM Big Deals store will save you up to 50% off retail every day of the week. Local restaurants and wineries, healthy living and spa services, gifts for the holidays, and a whole lot more. New deals are added weekly. Check it out now at MaxFMBigDeals.com. That's MaxFMBigDeals.com. Start shopping and start saving. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I did recording it. 
Chris and his staff have created toys that bring me back to my childhood and the excitement I felt thinking about traveling among the stars at warp speed. I still think we'll get there someday. Remember, we spent thousands of years trying to fly before we finally did. So who knows? While I'm on hiatus, I'll be rebroadcasting a series of shows that I did back in 2017 called Century of Change. They were done in order to celebrate the 100th anniversary of McFarland's in 2017. And I think I accomplished something rare in broadcasting. They were informative and fun to listen to, as well as a special bonus, the topics covered and the people interviewed went way beyond Sauk County and their scope and significance. In each episode, we cover a 25-year spectrum with my special co-host, Paul Walter, to look at the world, our nation, and our locality's events to both remember where we came from and to understand better how we got to where we are today. So I hope you'll all go back and listen to any episodes you missed while I take a brief break. Tell your friends about the show and keep working on your frame of reference. I'll be back sometime in October. We've already got some great guests lined up, so season three should be better than ever. Now, if we can just find a decent host. Don't forget, if you have suggestions or questions, visit us at www.forsock.com. Stay well. <laughs>